0: Homily for the 13th Sunday in Ordinary Time, St. Mary's Church, Grand Forks, June 26, 2022. How do we respond to a God who not only is in a personal relationship with us, but also places demands on us? Life is easier and more tranquil when one ignores this part of the faith For too many, religion is only supposed to put a stamp of approval on our good judgment, the equivalent of a pat on the back and an attaboy. When what we believe confronts us and steers us in a different direction, are we inclined to complain and say, this isn't what I bargained for? Today gives us scripture readings that call us to rise to the challenge Jesus brings us. And if we find his tone scandalous, it may be that we have never really known him as well as we think we do. We begin today's Gospel with Jesus resolutely making his way to Jerusalem, the site where he will be the Passover lamb sacrificed for the sins of the world. We are continually on the road to Jerusalem with Jesus and following him on the way to his Passover and ours a long and tortuous road that must be taken resolutely at Jesus' side. This journey with his disciples ran into a thorny political situation when they drew near to a town populated by Samaritans. When learning that their destination was Jerusalem, the townspeople refused to receive them and let them pass through. Practically, this was only a minor inconvenience, but it was galling enough to wound the pride of James and John. Think of all they had seen up to this point. Jesus had worked countless miracles, and had done so, exerting no more physical energy than when you or I would put on a pair of sandals. This was truly a great man, and far more than that. Elsewhere in the Gospels, Jesus gave these brothers the nickname Sons of Thunder. Nowhere else in the New Testament is the reason behind this more evident. Lord, do you want us to call down fire from heaven to consume them? We can easily relate to the sentiment behind this request from the Sons of Zebedee. First of all, it's a very human reaction to want to just remove a problem. We can feel justified in venting our anger and teaching a lesson. Mess with us, will you? We'll show you. Zap. They couldn't just leave condemnation to God in his time. When's the last time someone insulted you? It may not have been directly to your face or on purpose. You might have felt insulted by another's inconsiderate words or actions about you. Have you thought back on that scene and asked yourself, what could I have done, not just to get even, but to dish out twice as much venom and really put them in their place? St. Luke is quite discreet in telling this story. He says that Jesus turned toward them only to rebuke them, and they took a different route. Yes, the Lord displayed mercy, which is a much harder thing to do, But he also cast aside the pettiness that would carry the baggage of this slight along with him and taint the way he later dealt with others. Then we hear these several brief accounts of people approaching the Lord but not ready to turn their hearts completely toward him. The truly charitable thing to do was to speak frankly to them and help them to see what they would be signing up for by working in God's vineyard should they later change their minds. To the first person, Jesus replied by describing the nomadic nature of his lifestyle. While birds and foxes had homes, the Son of Man had no place to lay his head. This doesn't mean Jesus never saw to the welfare of the twelve. It means rather that he begged for alms as a method of drawing out people's generosity. If they were to give something to him, they would also give to others, even more bereft of the necessities of life. The second interaction is harder to reconcile and sounds downright cruel. Only a jerk would say, let the dead bury their dead, you come and follow me. Do I really think that the Lord was angry with me for going home to offer the funeral mass for my dad a couple years ago? by no means. This message is not a general prohibition. Jesus saw something in the man's equivocation, a lack of commitment, if you will, that went beyond the particular issue of his family's well-being. He was a person who would have quickly grasped for whatever excuse was handy when it suited him. The Christian life, when lived to the full, cannot blend in with one's surroundings. Jesus repeatedly insisted that we are to take up our cross and follow in his footsteps. And this is something that will stand in stark contrast to the way the world operates. Work, family, hobbies, all of these need to conform to our love for Christ, not the other way around. As much as we want our Lord to make an exception here, he does not do so. To the third person who approached him, Jesus said that anyone who puts a hand to the plow but keeps looking back is unfit for the kingdom of God. Again, the language is strong, confrontational. But I can relate well to what he is saying as I reflect on my own vocational discernment. In my first couple of years of seminary formation, I had a fairly good idea that God was calling me to the priesthood. What bothered me, though, was that there were so many other experiences that might be waiting on the other side of the fence. I had the aptitude to do lots of different things in this world. I did very well in school when I applied myself, and that was to say nothing of the potential Mrs. Gross out there somewhere and the possibility of being a husband and father. All of these options made me feel like a farmer driving the plow, but looking backwards. Eventually, God's grace brought my deepest yearnings into focus and turned my head forward. As good as plans B or C are in themselves, if they are not plan A, I have to let them go. This all comes back to Jesus' desire for us to hear his call and follow him as intentional disciples. And that can take place at any time. In today's first reading, Elisha, the prophet who succeeded Elijah, received his call from God while he was busying himself with his daily tasks. This feature occurs often in the Bible. Moses, King David, and the prophet Amos are guarding their sheep when God calls them. Gideon the judge was threshing wheat. The prophet Samuel was sleeping. King Saul was coming in from the field with his oxen. Peter and Andrew were washing their nets after a fruitless night of fishing. Matthew was seated at his stall collecting taxes. This happens too often not to give pause. Really, what happens to the great prophets and apostles happens also to us. Frequently, God's call will seize us in the midst of the most banal of our daily duties. All the more important it is for us to be well disposed to God's grace, rather than to form an impermeable shell which the Lord cannot break through. Despite everything on our plates, loving and serving God must be a full-time, not part-time pursuit. Amen.